to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer a heretic. I'm your host, Matthew J. DiStefano, and for the next hour, I'll be your Sherpa to nowhere in particular. Nowhere in particular. Hey, what's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Apostates Anonymous. I'm your host, Matt DiStefano. Hope everyone's having a good week. I hope you all are maintaining your sanity in um, in the bonus edition of 2020. That That is 2021. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hope, hope you had a great week. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode, the extended cut, the director's edition, uh, uh, the, the lengthy podcast that was last week um thank you andre for the for the pertinent question and adam and Lindsay, thank you for coming on and 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 making a great conversation so uh i hope y'all enjoyed that i hope you benefited from it and i hope you enjoyed the week before december rose um thank you for coming on december uh can't wait to see what you have in store with choir so this week what do we have today well we have a little something different uh, me and my man Keith Giles, we recorded a video that I put up on YouTube, uh, a response video, I guess, to Alyssa Childers and Sean McDowell's uh, conversation about deconstruction. And so we got into some of the things uh, that that they talk about in that video, and we'll get to that shortly here. Um, I wanted to make a, a, the audio version and release it as a podcast for those who didn't see it on YouTube. So... In just a minute here, I'll I'll be uh I'll be cutting to the uh, the audio portion of me and Keith's conversation. And look, I got a little pushback from someone who always seems to have to comment on my shit. Um, look, this has nothing to do with Alyssa being a woman. Like, women have your opinions, please. Like, you don't need our permission at all. But you know, this this notion that that women can't be criticized and critiqued about their views. It's just, it's just bogus. Like I am all for <laughs> egalitarian in the church, in the home, on this show. Like we've had tons of women on this show. I co-host the Heretic Happy Hour with a woman. I wrote a book with a woman that's going to be coming out shortly. She also wrote my foreword to Heretic. I, my supervisor's a woman. Her supervisor's a woman. Like, look, come on. This is, this is silly. It seems like, um, you know, if you want to critique us on that, just because we critiqued a woman, we also critiqued a man, Sean McDowell. Um, so, look, I mean, I critiqued Hillary Clinton and got called alt-right back in 2015. I critiqued her foreign policy. We, we got to stop this whole thing. Like, yes, we need equality. Yes, women should be in more leader, re- leadership roles. Um, but the minute they get critiqued is not the minute, like, you're now a misogynist. Like, that's some bullshit because... I'm not going to sit here and not critique Hillary Clinton's foreign policy uh, back back when she was running. Like, I thought it was horrible. She was more of a Republican than anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just not going to do that. So, so that there you go. So, I hope you are ready for Keith. And don't take it as the fact that we don't like women. I mean, come on. That's nonsense. We just are critiquing the actual conversation. So, let's get into it now. All right. I am joined with none other than Keith Giles, as if he needs an introduction. How are you, Keith? 
Yeah, well, I'm doing great, Matt. Um, I yeah. love that whole thing about, you know, a man who deserves no introduction. You should just say, and now someone who needs no introduction, and then don't give an introduction because they don't need one. Right? You should True. just say. Good point. But so, obviously, I do need one because you had to say something. So I do need one. Well, and it's got your name down there on the uh, video. Yeah, there you go. So, I don't know who I am. Yeah. There you go. And um, people probably just know. Well, they know, you do videos every day. Don't, do you still do your second cup? <clears throat> you know, I don't do the second cup as much as I used to. Um, maybe I'll try to get back into that again. It's a new oh. year. It's a new year. So maybe I should jump back it into that. Yeah. That's true. Well, I've got my tea with me. So. All right. Um, so I noticed you did a couple videos on, is it Elisa Childers or Elisa Childers? I don't know. I think it's a, I honestly don't know. <laughs> you think yeah. I, I, I care enough to know, but I, <laughs> I think yeah. it's Alyssa, Alyssa Childers. I think it's Alyssa. Yeah. And I've noticed that she's got, I don't know if it's some sort of, um, she talks a lot about progressive Christianity and I find it a little bit interesting. I don't know if it's an obsession with it or if she maybe re people are really worried about whatever progressive Christianity is, but I thought it'd be fun to talk about a video of hers and you suggested one on, it's called what's with all the deconstruction stories with Sean McDowell. Yes. And I'll, I'll say from the opening, like, both, I don't know as much about her as you probably do, and I don't really know much about Sean, but he seems like a totally nice guy. They yeah, seem yeah. like totally kind-hearted, like he had no like ill will, it seemed. Um, I loved at the end of the, the, end of the um, video, he, uh, the, she asked for advice for people deconstructing, or, or when you um, come into contact with people deconstructing, he was like, be kind, be loving, all that kind of stuff. Fantastic. But what was in the middle of the video was really hard to get through. Yeah. It was, it was, it was tough. And not, not that they weren't being kind throughout the video. It's just like the, um, the contradictory statements, the theology that seemed to be really all over the map. Um, maybe you can touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know a lot about Alyssa Childers. I can barely pronounce her name, but I've, um, I just started seeing a lot of my friends on Facebook sharing her videos and, and then I started watching a couple of them. They're really hard. They're really painful to get through. But my, the, the, the first reaction that I had that I felt like I needed to say something, I just felt like she's misrepresenting progressive Christianity and she's positioning herself as someone who is an expert on progressive Christianity. She has a book um, that she's written about it, basically warning uh, everybody about the dangers of progressive Christianity um, but what, again, so it just kind of bothers me that one, she's saying things about, well, progressive Christians believe this, progressive Christians do that. And I'm like, yeah. no, they don't. And um, I'm just going to give her the benefit of the doubt that she's just misinformed. And I would assume, I would want to assume that she would care to know what an actual, you know, someone that she would call a progressive Christian, how we would actually look at, let's say the Bible or how we would actually look at you know how we would actually define the gospel or how we would actually respond to sin or something like that so um that's just my thing that so i eventually i just like i've got to make a video and i did i think i did a second cup video first on facebook and it was like really well people are like thanking me thank you so much oh my gosh i was didn't know what to do and like my family members are sending me her clips and uh, and you know so then i decided okay i'm going to just do this more often i'm just going to start regularly posting videos, um, responding to her, trying to anyway, as much as possible. 
um, I will say I have an end goal. My end goal is I'm trying to basically get under her skin enough that she will actually talk to me. I want to do a video like this with Alyssa Childers where she and I can have a very friendly back and forth conversation and I can at least attempt, like again, she's not going to agree with me, no. but to at least say, here's what I want you to know about progressive Christians and what we do believe and do think and, and in contrast to some of the things that you say. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with um, the term progressive Christian and yeah, I, strugg I struggle with it, especially because people will create this false dichotomy between progressive Christian and traditional Christian. Yeah. And I find it really um, <laughs> ironic and hilarious that Protestants will use that term traditional Christian. It's like, I don't need to remind you that Protestantism is 500 years old. Do I right. like, I mean, <laughs> and, and a lot of these, a lot of these theories they have atonement theory comes from Protestantism comes from Calvin. Um, so they, they talk, they talk in ways that I just don't understand. And I'm sure Orthodox Christians, like truly Orthodox Christians, Russian Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox are kind of laughing anytime Protestants use traditional as a, as a, oh, yeah. as a, as a way to, to suggest that. Uh, and I love the video that you were talking about how the fact that she is actually progressive in, in a way that she wouldn't want to think about because the ideas that she comes up with, and I don't know her theology all over the, you know, her entire uh, theological paradigm, I can imagine what it might be. And all those are new ideas. Yes. Yes. It was so funny that you say that too, because um, the, the most recent video that I did, I just this morning checked my comments on that. The most, the, the most recent video I did where I pointed out how Alyssa Childers is more progressive than she would want to think. And somebody, somebody had made a comment and said, 500 years is new. Cause to them, 500 years, that's a long thing. And I'm like, but in a faith tradition that's 2,000 years old, right. yes, the most recent 500 years in comparison to 2,000 years is new. It right. is new. Yeah. 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 So and and some of it. traditional, you know, what do you mean? Some of it's even less. Like you bring up, like if, she, if you believe in the rapture, yeah. the rapture came out. 1830. 1830. Yeah. So my math sucks, but less than 200 years. Yeah. And, yep. and it's like they don't think that way. They, they, they think it's like what early Christians were when they read second Thessalonians or things like that. That's what Christians were thinking. Oh, rapture right there. Yeah, Matthew, yeah, no. Matthew 20 rapture right there. So, so here's the, here's the, here's the way, here's kind of the, the, the weird thing that happened. It's sort of like if, if one of those people would say to you and me, how do you discount, you know, doesn't it bother you that you're contradicting theology that's been around for 200 years or 500 years. And what I want to say is, doesn't it bother you that you, you're championing a theology that no one believed for 1,500 years, even though they called themselves a Christian, or 1,830 years, no Christian thought the way you do? Like, so in a way, it's like we're, we're responding to the same data from different perspectives, right? So to them, oh, it's people have believed this for 500 years. That's a long time. No, but people didn't believe it. <laughs> For right. 1,500 years. Doesn't yeah. that bother you? Yeah, it, it's, all, it's all entirely strange. And, and when you really peel back the layers, you realize like some of the stuff that the early church believed in. And, and, and look, I'll, I'll problematize something and say that the early church didn't believe in one thing. They were debating the whole time. Right. But a common belief, common beliefs that they had in the early church 
Let me shut my Facebook off so I don't get notifications. Who's messaging me at a time like this? Don't they know I'm busy? Um, there's a lot of things in the early church that, that we in the modern church think would be heretical or way off base. Yep. But that's what they believed in the early, like you point out, universal reconciliation. Completely accepted, like not only accepted, but probably predominant. Yep. as opposed to annihilationism or eternal torment. Yep. You bring that up. I got blocked for saying that by Mark Driscoll one time. I simply just said it and quoted that it, he's wrong when he says that for 2000 years, Christians believed in eternal hell. That's right. just not true. It's like not it's, true. It's, it's not, it's not that it's not that theologically it's correct because they believed it, but as a point of historical fact, that's just the right. fact. Right. And again, this is not your opinion or my no. opinion. It's no. study church history and you will you will see this now so let me also talk about problematizing things i I also want to say i don't want to get trapped into this thing of like well if it's new if it's if it's recent uh theology or ideas uh it's suspicious or maybe we shouldn't accept it so because for like you and i would both say Rene girard was on to something and i think he was dead on correct and it was something that seems that christians for the most part missed for a very long time because Rene Girard lived within our lifetimes. Right. Um, so I'm not against new ideas per se. I don't think they're suspicious just because they're recent. No. And if it's older, it's better uh, just by default. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to say that. No, but I but- think it's just worth pointing out that someone like Alyssa Childers or Sean McDowell who want to say, well, what we believe is what Christians believe since Jesus right. and the apostles is not right. true. Right. That's all. Yeah. I, I like that you bring that up. New ideas are not bad. I'm, I'm all for new ideas, 100% through and through. Uh, however, it's, it's, it's when you pit progressive and traditional as, as if, as if it's binary, as if you're one or the other, as if, as if there's no nuance and it, yeah, it's just frustrating to me. So let's get into the, I got, I, I got, I went old school. So I printed up things. <laughs> Good. Okay. This is what, that's what you have. Honestly, this is seriously, that's what I have. So I have very little compared to you. <laughs> well, well, no, it's not that you, it's, a, it's that I didn't want to get out of bed this morning. So I didn't want to get up to get a journal or a notebook or anything. So I decided just to watch and type. Okay. Um, okay. I'll just, I'll just go down the timeline. We probably have the same notes, I'm guessing, probably or similar, similar notes. Yeah. Similar notes. Uh, at three forty, Childers says something that, um, kind of annoyed me. And I don't know if she meant it, but she says some people who haven't deconstructed or who have deconstructed aren't open when they say they don't try to change their mind. So she made the point that there's a lot of people who deconstruct who say, I don't want you to try to proselytize. I don't want you to try to convert me. And it was like insinuated that they're not open. And to me, that just, that just doesn't give them space to process through that thing. Like let them be where they're at. Like if someone's deconstructing their faith, uh, well, first, the whole thing annoyed me because they never really defined what deconstruction is. No. Um, they painted it as basically becoming an atheist or an agnostic, sort of. Yeah. And, and I didn't like that. And yeah. I didn't like the fact that um, it was insinuated that people who don't want to be like brought back into the fold aren't open-minded. That's because it's actually the total opposite of that right the, the truth is um and in many ways i don't think it would be very hard to to convince Alyssa and sean of what we're saying uh, isn't the problem wouldn't even they agree that the the issue is that they are 
so open-minded, they're willing to consider the possibility that this theology they grew up with or that have been told from the pulpit isn't open, isn't true. And so they're reading other views and listening to other voices. And because they're open to other interpretations of, let's let's say, the atonement or 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 hell or the inerrancy of scripture and things like that, it's because they're open-minded that that's why they've ended up in a place of questioning and doubting their faith. It's not the, it's not that they're not open-minded. That's ridiculous. What do you, how do you even get there? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if it was kind of just insinuated that just kind of bothered me, but what really got me is they kept saying Christianity is true. Christianity is true. You have to weigh whether Christianity is true. And then it was kind of like, well, what is that? And it was believing that you're a sinner and you need yeah. the grace. And so it's not that believing that you're a sinner is necessarily bad or good or whatever. It's that that's their jumping off point. That's their starting place of what it means to have true faith. And if you never believed that and you walk away, maybe you didn't have true faith to begin with. And I, I despised that. Thank you. That honestly, on my, on my little notes here, that was one of the first things. So it's Sean, it's Sean McDowell in the video or very early on in the video. Yes. He says that the people he's talked of all the many people he's, he's counseled with who have deconstructed their faith, he feels that there is a common denominator. And what it is, is that they, that they lack the, when I'm going to quote this down in quotes, what he says is quote, the defining experience of Christianity, which is, as you said, realizing that I am a worthless sinner who is, who is hopeless and has no hope in the world and I need to be forgiven. So now here's, here's my thing. First of all, I, I agree with, that is not, I, I would disagree with him. That is not the defining experience of being a Christian. And actually, here's what I find so infuriating and fascinating at the same time. So Sean McDowell says that. He makes that statement. What is the defining experience of a, of a Christian? It's this, to realize that you are a sinner. And if you don't do that, if you haven't had that experience, you're maybe not even really a Christian. Then... Alyssa Childers brings up his father, Josh McDowell, who wrote the book Evidence That Demands a Verdict, very famous yeah. apologetic book. Um, and, and his journey, similar to people like Lee Strobel, uh, was supposedly that he was an agnostic atheist, didn't believe in God, set out to disprove Christianity and ended up, because there were so many proofs, realizing, oh my gosh, there is a God. So Alyssa Childers says to Sean, your father uh, is someone who was convinced that Christianity was true, again, because Christianity is true, by the evidence. And Sean cuts her off and says, no, no, no. My father would, would disagree with you on that. What my father would tell you is that what, what convinced him that Christianity was true was in Romans where God's, where it says the kindness of God leads to repentance. It was the love of God. It was the idea of God as a loving father. That is what convinced him. And I'm like, what the hell, Sean? You just <laughs> said the sh that the defining characteristic of Christianity was I am a wretched worm and a sinner and I, and I need to be saved. Then you whip around and contradict yourself and say, oh, no, no, no. My father who wrote the definitive book of apologetics and argumentation of what is true, what convinced him was none of that. It was the love of God. And I would say, yes, it yeah. is. It's the fact that God is a loving father who doesn't condemn, who, who, is, who has reconciled the world to himself, who doesn't count our sins against us. Yes, but it's this back and forth thing of like, well, which is it? And so that, that just, I, uh, I, <laughs> I, 
I wish I could get him on, talk to him. Sean, help me here. Which is it, you know? Yeah, it, it seems like at the start, they, they get the cart before the horse. It's kind of this yeah. notion of um, it's uh, you must ask for forgiveness. You must repent in order to um, like actualize the grace of God. Yeah. And they've got that completely backwards in my in my estimations and my experience and my study of, of scripture, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's like, no, forgiveness is free and it causes a change. Grace is free and it causes you to repent. I got it. And they kind of say both things in the video. Yes. And and, and I know that just based on the little bit I know about their theology. It's very probably Augustinian in original sin and all that kind yes. of stuff. So I get where they're coming from because that's the crap that we were uh, force fed <laughs> throughout our lives. Yeah. But God, again, that's that's a new idea as opposed to some of the older ideas. Like original sin is not taught in Luke Acts, is not taught no. in the early church. It's like, no, Augustine comes around. Yeah, uh, he's got his own issues stemming from his own insecurities and his Manichaean Gnosticism and all yes. this. Yes, and it's yeah. like, oh, this isn't until a, a couple hundred years after Jesus that he's coming up with this. You know, we're all condemned, so we're all, you know, the whole masses are basically damned to hell. Yeah. Uh, oh, exactly. Because, you know, so yeah, yeah I, I, I just, I am so repulsed by that. And they, they, they give, they, they also give this story about. They don't really reconcile this about um a woman i guess who was abused by her father so they're trying to balance the truth of the scriptures which is their atonement theory which has been called cosmic divine child abuse and her experiences of being abused by a father and then they just kind of leave it it like floats out there in the nebulous like wait hold on no that's a very real critique of their atonement theory based on someone's experiences and it's totally warranted to have that crit- critique. Yes, you're right. They do. He mentions it, and then let's just move let's just, on. Let's just let's move on from that because <laughs> we're not going to go there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that is one of the most frustrating things. And actually, there's also the part where Sean, when Sean makes that statement about, you know, the defining experience of Christianity is to realize I am a sinner, and Alyssa jumps in with, and that's the gospel. And I'm like, no, it's not the gospel. My gosh. But again, I know we have fundamental differences. So again, Alyssa is right in the sense that people like you and I, who she would label as progressive Christians, we do have different different definitions of the gospel. We, so we have different assumptions, right? We, we have a different understanding of what the gospel is. We probably have different definitions of the Christian experience. I know, I know we disagree on many things. Um, but again, I think fundamentally my my biggest problem with Alyssa and her whole sort of campaign against progressive Christianity, and this is what really bothers me, it's by pitting progressive Christianity, as she understands it and defines it, um, against what she believes. What she's doing, both implicitly and explicitly, is to say, is to communicate, people who believe like Alyssa are real Christians. And people who believe like you and me are not really Christians. They're not brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. They have left the faith. They're dangerous. They're going to pull you away. They don't love Jesus. They don't honor the scriptures. And I'm like, no, that's not true. And so, you know, you and I do this podcast called the Heretic Happy Hour. And we talk about heresy, right? I think our first episode, we covered this whole concept of 
what is the definition of heresy? Well, actually, the, a very simple definition of, of a heretic is one who divides. And you could actually then be, your theology could be correct. You could have correct theology, but if you are using it to divide yourself from brothers and sisters in Christ, um, you're a heretic. You, you are creating this heretical energy. And it, to me, that's what Alyssa is doing. She is, she is trying to create this idea that people like her are Christians and people who disagree with her on these things or have a different perspective on things are not Christians, don't love Jesus, don't honor scriptures. And, and that is honestly why I feel like people, we need to respond. We need to, we need to push back on that. Yeah. And I, and I think I'm glad you mentioned that because it's like, I, I would, I would rather err on the side that I would just disagree with you theologically and leave it at that. But they, they do this weird implicit thing where, and I'm not saying we disagree. I mean, I'm sure we do, but they do this weird thing. And Sean did it where you'll say one thing. And then a minute later, you'll speak out of the other side of your mouth. Yeah. You'll say, you'll say, he said something like, maybe they weren't in the faith to begin with, but I don't want to judge anyone's heart. Right. And it's like, but you just, you, you just kind of did. You right. just, and then he comes back and doubles down and then basically right. says, well, yeah, actually they, they couldn't have been. Right. So it's, it's one of these <laughs> things where it's like, you almost, uh, you're like Pontius Pilate. You kind of wash your hands of it, but yeah. you just said that thing that's going to stick with people where you, you did question their heart and you can try to uh, backtrack a little bit. And, and, but it just gets to that place where, why are we, why are we being the ones as Christians to divide from one another? It's like, right. I don't care if, if you're a conservative Christian, a Protestant, I don't have to agree with you. And you're still a Christian, right? You're still a Christian. Just let me be a Christian. If I want to be a Christian with a little bit different definitions of theology, and maybe it's big differences in theology, but, but if you still take Jesus seriously enough to practice what he taught, yeah. How, how are you not a Christian any longer? Right. Yeah. So, so again, what I want to make sure I emphasize in this video, people listening to this video or any other videos I do in the future, or you and I do in the future about Alyssa Childers. I am not trying to say that Alyssa is not my sister in Christ. I am not trying to say that Sean McDowell is not a true believer in Christ because he doesn't think about these things the way you and I do. Right. I'm actually trying to affirm that they are. This is this, she is my sister in Christ, he is my brother in Christ, but they're the ones who are saying that uh, you and I are not right, and so that's the, that's the difference, and that's that's my concern. I'm trying to say, hello, actually, yes, we I, I do believe in Jesus, and I do, I would, in some way, I mean, you probably wouldn't call yourself a Christian, but at the same time, it's like it depends on the day, Keith. You got you, I know, <laughs> but don't define me and my faith out of existence because you're doing that to millions of Christians when you do that, and you are creating. You know, I know she's not watching this, but Alyssa, if you're watching this, you need to understand. I know your heart is probably to help people, but what you're actually doing, and I know this because I'm getting these messages from people, is that your videos are being used to drive a wedge between a mother and a daughter or a, a father and a son. Because, oh, you believe that? Well, Alyssa says you're not really a Christian. Or Sean McDowell says you don't really have true Christian faith because you don't believe X, Y, and Z. So you, believe it or not, like it or not, understand it or not, you are creating division in the body of Christ and in families and things like that. And in some ways, she might even say, well, that's the gospel. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I just don't think that's a very productive or healthy thing to do. Yeah. People probably would say that because, you know, the, you know, it, 
dust your feet off, all that kind of stuff. Or I came to bring, I, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a, a sword. sword and a, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the gospel that's, why I don't like, that's why I don't like proof texting. Thou right. shalt not proof text. That's right. That's the 11th commandment in mass Bible. Yeah. So let me, let me say one more thing in my, off of my notes. And then I want to hear you got, you got more notes as well. I got a few things. Yeah. But there was one thing in, in, uh, at the beginning of the video where Sean tells a really beautiful story, really, about how he as a young man, as a Biola student, um, went to his father and said, hey, dad, I need to talk to you. I'm not sure I believe Christianity is true anymore. I have a lot of doubts and questions in my mind, and I just don't know any, what to do anymore. And he says, you know, my father had the most beautiful response. He said, okay. You know, and, and basically his father didn't judge him, didn't condemn him, didn't argue with him, just said, you know, I'm going to give you room and space and permission to ask questions and pursue and examine on your own. Um, and he says, you know, even if you come to a different conclusion than your mother and I have come to, we still love you and accept you and embrace you. And when he said that, he paints that beautiful picture. And I just want to say to Sean and to Alyssa, could you extend that same grace to me and to other Christians who are deconstructing? Could you say to them what, what, what Josh said to his son, his son, you know what? Permission and space. Ask your questions. Uh, go and go and examine things and make up your own mind. Uh, and even if you come to a different conclusion than I do, you're still welcome in the family. I'm still going to call you my son or my daughter or my brother or my sister. I would like men, if you could just extend that, because Sean uses that as an example of something that actually helped him in his own development, in his own questioning. And I would say yes. And that's the only thing that's going to help in the, in the church, in the body of Christ, if you would do the same thing to the rest of us. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, something that I noticed um, at 18 minutes and something, uh, they told a story about, I think it, maybe it was Alyssa's dad. No, it was, like a, it was like someone who wrote in or something, that they became a Christian when they were 27. And then she has this little phrase where she said, uh, so there's nothing to deconstruct. And I just thought that was so like, <laughs> I actually, I, I lulled, I, I audibly lulled because it's like, no matter where we begin our spiritual faith journey, there are always going to be something to deconstruct. Yes. Otherwise we have set up an instance where we're going to idolize that, which we already believe in. We're going to create an idol out of that theology that we learn. So it's like, no matter if we get Christianity when we're four or five years old or 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever, whatever you've initially come in contact with, whatever you theologically believe, it's only going to be till later and a lot of diligence and digging where you realize you didn't even know what you didn't know. Right. And, you didn't and know that you should question some of these right. things. Yeah. And we should always, what I would tell anyone, and regardless of this video or not, like, if someone's deconstructing, you are always deconstructing and reconstructing. We can get into this process where we only have the sledgehammer, and I don't think that's healthy either. Right. But I think we should always have a chisel at least because yes. we're never going to have it perfect. Right. We can get 85% of the way and be like, okay, I feel comfortable where I'm at, and I, don't, I no longer need the sledgehammer of deconstruction. But there's always new things to learn and experience and grow from. And, and if you get in the mindset where, oh, now I've deconstructed. Yeah, past, I'm done. Past tense. It's yeah. like, 
Oh my goodness. It's like the Dunning-Kruger effect. You got a little bit of knowledge and your, and your confidence has skyrocketed. And it's not until you get way down the road where you realize you didn't even know, you didn't know anything. You right. barely knew a thing. Right. So that's also a really great, um, really great point. It's sort of like, I think you and I would say exactly what you just said. Like you and I would, would say of ourselves, I would say of myself, um, I don't know everything. I don't have it figured out. I, I, I have not, my, my theology is not hardened in cement. The cement has not dried. And so I'm open to learning I'm in, because I'm admitting that I could be wrong. And so I'm, I'm my gosh, I got a stack of books. I'm always reading and I'm always thinking, I'm always watching things and listening and having conversations. And, and as I do so, adding to or subtracting from and taking away from and, you know, modifying and shaping and reshaping my views on things. And I'm open to these things. Again, open-minded. I'm extremely open-minded. I would, I would love to ask Alyssa Childers or Sean uh, McDowell, are you equally open-minded? If someone could show you, they would probably say yes. But I would say, when was the last time you did? <laughs> when was the last time you changed your view on a, a, a major view uh, in your faith tradition? Probably has, has been a long, long time. And again, it's just, again, the different postures. So, so if that's what you want to call progressive, and I'm sure that's partly what they would define it as, um, but I don't see that as a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. If we hold loosely to our beliefs and we're open to learning and correction and instruction and, oh, there's new information. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, I think that's a good thing rather than being, nope, I'm right. There's no possible way I'm wrong. And if you question me, you're not even really a truly a Christian and uh, you just don't know, you know, have no, enough information or you haven't studied enough or whatever. Um, I just think, man, if I, if I could just choose, I, I don't want to be in that camp. I want to be in the side that's open and willing to learn and listen and, and grow. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I understand the fear of it, though, because behind all of this, I'm guessing they believe in hell. They believe in the God of wrath. Yes. That, you know, so, they, so there is this trap that you can say you're open-minded. You can say, but I've heard Christians say this, like, oh, I don't want my, I don't want my kids, kind of like what, what Sean's dad said, I don't want my kids to believe what I believe just simply because I believe it. Right. I want them to go learn on their own and come, you know, and, 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 and whatever they think is, whatever they get to the end of this, that's how you develop your truth. I'm glad that you came up with it on your own. You, you, you thought for yourself. And I'm thinking, they don't really want, how could you really want that? Because what if you conclude not Christianity? Right. You're going to burn theoretically or literally forever. Right. Is, is it really for, for those people who believe in that kind of stuff? How is it even worth it to be open-minded? Right. Really, because if you're so open-minded that you, what if you discover, Oh my God, Buddhism really resonates with me. What if you discover, Oh, I want to convert to Islam. <laughs> burn I mean, don't just, so, so right. it always backs up another question. Do you really believe in the stuff you believe? Do you really believe in hell? Because if, if, if I truly believed in hell and I had a kid who was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't think Christianity, whatever. Uh, I never really was a Christian. I just did it because I, I was told to. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would suffer from the deepest existential anxiety and dread. And these people don't seem to be suffering that much. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just my observation. Like I, I just question whether they really believe in some. Oh of Yeah. No, and see, I agree with you. I think David Bentley Hart talks about that in, in his book, um, That All Should Be Saved. He, he basically calls, calls BS on those guys. Like, <laughs> so you say you believe this, but, you know, at the end of the day, the way you act, the way you behave, um, the way you live your life, 
you kind of betray the fact that you don't really believe that. Because if you really believed that it was so arbitrary, you know, this, uh, like, like hyper-Calvinism, this idea that God just arbitrarily chooses, you know, you get to go to heaven, your wife will burn, burn for eternity, your oldest daughter will, um, will be saved, but your, all your other kids are going to burn for eternity. And you're okay with that, you know? No, you're not. No, you're not. Either, you either don't believe that, or um, if you do, I mean, gosh, I, it's almost like brain damage if you really honestly believe that and you were okay with that. Yeah. I just don't need, how could you people possibly? Seem okay. People seem better than their theology, honestly. Like, like, like even like Sean McDowell, this is the, my first, honestly my first time coming to contact in, in, in watching a video. Yeah, anyway. me too, actually. Like, yeah. like, he seems like a totally like kind person. Like, yes, he does. But his theology, I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is this is actually damaging psychologically what you what you seem to believe. But you you seem better than that. So I, I'm of the belief that people are a lot better than their theology. <laughs> yes, uh, in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, I met I had a lot of Calvinist friends who would say that kind of thing, and I'd pose those kind of questions. You got four kids, pick one. Like, yeah, which one is gonna burn forever? And they'd yeah. just be like, oh, well, I'm not God. And it's like, well, but hold on, like, come on, let's do a thought experiment here. Yeah. And they, they just seemed like, but they would totally be cool people, but like their God was just like, whoa, bro. Like, dude. Yeah. So, you know, you know, at night when they turn off the lights and they're, they're falling asleep, laying in their bed and just alone with their thoughts in their deep, deep down heart of hearts, what they really, really believe is that me and my whole family, we're all, we all love Jesus. We're all Christians and we're all going to go to heaven. There's no, I mean, you just have to tell yourself there really is no possible way that God would just randomly choose one of my children to burn for eternity. Like you just, you have to convince yourself of that and on some level, consciously or subconsciously. Otherwise I don't see how you go through your life on a daily basis in the back of your mind thinking there is a really great chance that someone that I dearly love will be tortured for eternity just arbitrarily because in some weird way it's, it's, it's expressing the glory of God. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah I, you can't believe that. I don't know. I don't know. So um, <laughs> you got any final thoughts on, on this video? Um, well, I would just say uh, it was a difficult video to get through. Um, uh, I, I'm just glad that you and I are having this conversation and that it seems that the more we have these kind of conversations, people are feeling a little more bold to stand up and say, yeah, I don't agree with that. Or yeah, that doesn't make sense. So uh, I think that's helpful. Um, at least like you said, I, I have nothing against Sean or Alyssa. I, they seem like nice people. Um, I would love to have a conversation with either one of them at some point. Um, Maybe we can, talk- uh, what's the, um, what are the chances is it like 10,000 to one odds that we can get either one on, on heretic happy hour? Well, we can, Oh, you know, uh, I'm, we can invite them. And just see, that would be, that would be a really, I would love to do that. I, I probably Sean at this point, I think Sean would be more likely to do it. Yeah. Than Alyssa, Cause um, I've talked to so many people and people have come to me and said that they've also tried to respond to her. They've written blog posts. They've tagged her on things. They've sent her private messages on Twitter and on uh, Facebook and other, other means trying to contact her and she just doesn't respond. So she seems to be pretty closed to any uh, conversation. I mean, I'd love to challenge, throw that out there, prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, weird, a weird thing that, and I don't know if she's talked to people who have deconstructed, but it was kind of weird that it was like, I'm going to do this video on helping people who have deconstructed, and I'm going to talk to someone who talks to people who are deconstructed. Right. <laughs> like, 
how about you talk to people? How about you go right to the source? Like, that's right. Yes. (laughs) Have Keith and Matt or, you know, Derek or Katie or anybody, you know, have, have somebody on who could say, yep, I have deconstructed and, and I'll, and I'll answer your questions. You can ask me questions and I'll, I'll answer your questions. And then that way your listeners wouldn't really know from the mouth of the person who has deconstructed. Here's what deconstruction is like. And continues to deconstruct. And if you want to talk about, see, this is what, uh, one last thing that kind of bugs me is that when you talk about so-called progressive Christians, like you, you've, not spent any time as one right and but those of us who critique evangelicalism spent damn near half their lives or most of their lives as one so it's kind of like we kind of know what we're talking about because i was in that world like yes i led bible studies i led worship on wednesday and sunday and practice and down the line for 25 years right yes yes so when I critique evangelicalism, I'm critiquing where I came from, like the right. world view that I had, the world in which I lived. Yes. When you say I went to a progressive church or I talked to a couple progressives, it's like, well, hold on a second. Keith, you write for Pathios Progressive. I write for Pathios Progressive. And we come at it from a way different standpoint, I believe. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. can't just say progressive. You can't just say progressive Christian. You it would be much better to talk to uh, a bunch of us and then realize, oh, okay, this is a lot more robust and a lot more um, differentiated from one another than, than, than I would give credit to. Right. Yeah, exactly. And see, again, this, I think this kind of dovetails back around to what you were saying in the beginning that Sean was saying about people not being open-minded because what they tell him is, I don't want you to argue me, you know, back. I'm not open to being argued back into this. And it's, it's not because they're not open-minded. It's because, like you said, I already know the arguments. I already understand the theology position that you have. That you have. Right. So if you come back to me with a bunch of verses from Romans and a bunch of, I know that stuff right. already. That's why I'm not open. It's not that I'm not open to it. I already know it. Right. You know, like, I mean, I spent, when I was in college, I, I was so into apologetics, man. I read Evidence that Demands a Verdict and When Skeptics Ask, Norman Geisler and uh, all that stuff, man. I know all that stuff already. So when you come back to me with that, when, when you hear what I say and you, that's how you come back to me, it's like, yes, I, I'm so aware of that. And I know that they think, well, it's because he doesn't know this. Well, I do know that. You yep. know that. Uh, we have lived it and walked it and, and we've, you know, we've, we've decided that we don't believe that anymore. We've actually learned other things that maybe you're the one that doesn't know uh, some of these things. Right. So, and I'm happy to share notes um, and have a conversation, but. Totally. But when you just come with a Bible verse, it's almost like maybe offensive is the wrong word, but it's almost like, yo, I mean, I know that verse. I've read it a thousand times. I wrote an essay on that one. You might want to read it or not. Probably not. But it's like, just don't, don't act as if I haven't read that. Don't act yeah. as if I haven't read the gospel of Matthew before. It's like, I mean, come on, give us, give us a little more credit, please. Like right. yeah. I, I understand that passage. Like, not that I understand it perfectly, but I've used that on the other side in my favor. And now I'm on the other side of it. And I'm like, I know what that verse is. And I don't agree with either its application or its exegesis or even the fact that whatever, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, man. Well, this has been great. Thank you for having the uh, having the conversation with uh, with me. And um, 
Well, thank you for having the conversation with me. I look forward to the next one. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right. Bye, Keith. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having that conversation with me. Uh, I would encourage everyone who, well, you probably already have, but encourage everyone to check out Keith's work. He blogs on Pathios at pathios.com slash blogs slash Keith Giles. I can link in the show notes. Of course, he co-hosts the Heretic Happy Hour with yours truly. So if you haven't checked that out, what the fuck are you waiting for? Don't listen to this stupid ass show and not listen to that one. If you're going to listen to any of them, listen to Heretic Happy Hour because it's much better than this uh, rinky dink piece of shit show. (laughs) Oh man, but thank you, Keith. Thank you for having that conversation with me. And look, like I said in the opening, this has nothing to do with the fact that that Alyssa is a woman. Um, And just because... Oh no, I, I said I already said my piece. I already said my piece. I don't have to defend myself. Um, so there you have it. Uh Alyssa, if you're listening, we don't agree with you, but it's all good. Um, you can still have your opinions, just um just I, I find it weird that that you're talking to people who talk to people about deconstruction. And I think it's weird that that people would question whether someone's a, a true Christian if they deconstruct. Like, I, I mean, that's some bullshit. Like, I, I, I cried out to God in, re- in, in repentance many, 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 many times. Um, and then I deconstructed the version of my faith, but I still have faith, and I was still a real Christian, and those, those experiences I had were real. So, there you go, Sean. Um, there's one person who really cried out in repentance, who was sincere about it and did have faith and did lead worship and did do that day in and day out, grinding to Bible study and to worship teams and this and that, like I did do that. So it's, it's kind of annoying anytime someone's like, Oh, I, I, I don't want to question someone's heart, but you know, uh, were they ever a Christian? Yeah, we were, uh, maybe I still am. Uh, but it's just not your version of Christianity and that's okay. Cause guess what? There's a lot of Christians who aren't Protestant. So, uh, you know, deal with it. <laughs> but anyway, I hope you, I hope you all enjoyed the show. If you want to support me, we are two patrons away from a hundred and a hundred was my goal. If you like this show, if you've been helped by this show or the heretic happy hour or my books or my blogs, or uh, anything like that, and you want to uh, support what I do, go to patreon.com slash mjdistefano. As always, link is in the show notes. If we get to 100, that's going to be fantastic. Then I'm going to have another goal um, to, to, to really take my content to the next level. So uh, those who, of you who support me on Patreon, you are a producer. I consider you a producer. Special shout out to all of you. I hope what I'm giving back is worth it. All the free books and free PDFs and links and bonus stuff that's that's just for y'all. I hope it's worth it. And um, it encourages me to keep going. So thank you for that. Thank you again, Keith. I'll see y'all next week. What we'll talk about, I have no fucking clue. The world's so crazy right now, something will come up. Guaranteed. All right, peace and love. Bye.